The first reading is from 2 Samuel, the seventh chapter. Now when the king lived in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all the people of Israel, did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be a prince over my people, Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people, Israel, and will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more as formerly, from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house, and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. This is the word of the Lord. The psalmody for today is Psalm 89, verses 1 through 5. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, Steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens you will establish your faithfulness. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. The second reading is from Romans, the 16th chapter. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but now has been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the first chapter. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and, and you shall name his name, call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the gospel of our Lord. It's a great start. Hey, <laughs> great start to that. All right. See, they like your answer. All right. So a promise is a great start. So generally, when you make a promise, if you give a promise... It's something you say or it's something you can write. So it's communicated. You tell somebody. And then it's about something you're either going to do or something you're not going to do. Right? It's going to be either to do something to or to not to do something, a promise. So you make a promise. You give a promise. And it's like you're given your word that you will do something or not do something. Promise. So um, Christmas time is a place of joy for us. In many ways, Christmas time is a place for joy because we remember at Christmas that God keeps his promises. Promises, in this case, that were made a long, long time ago. Some can argue they were made in the very first chapters of Genesis, but they've been brought out. But specifically today, we heard <clears throat> promises that were made to David, and he lived a long time ago. But even though the promise was old, God didn't forget his promise. God kept his promise that a son of David's line would be born and that he would be king and that this would bring peace. That's a good promise to have, peace. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was happy, not because so much because she got to see an angel. See an angel would be really kind of cool, right? I would love to see Gabriel like yeah, if he showed up today, wow, that would be amazing, right? So seeing an angel would be outstanding. She was happy for that, but more than that, and even more than the fact that she had a child in her womb, this life, the Son of God was within her. She was happy for that, but she was also happy because this Jesus that was in her, in her womb was promise kept. Jesus was this king, and he was the one who was going to bring peace. So between now and the next four days, and actually for the 12 days after Christmas, when you hear Christmas songs, I want you to listen for God's promises. Angels are going to speak about God's promises. Angels are going to sing of it. Shepherds are going to hear some of those things, and they're going to speak of God's promises. Mary's telling her story today about God's promises. Shepherds are going to travel hundreds and hundreds of miles by foot because they've been given hope and a promise to see a king. So the songs that we sing and the reasons we give have to do with promises. Promises kept that he is with us even today. So it wasn't just promises to Mary, it's promises to us today. That we're never alone. God is always with us. 
right? And God's promised to love us regardless of us. And he's promised to forgive us. We find it hard to forgive ourselves. He's made all these promises in Jesus. And today we remember the promise. Right? Let's go ahead and put our hands together. Put your hands together and say the prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your love and your promise. Help us to believe. Help us to celebrate. And help us to share this good news. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So earlier in the week when I was thinking about Mary's story and what it was like for her to try to communicate this story to folks, for some reason, and it's not necessarily a super holy reason, but I just remembered an FBI story. <clears throat> An FBI agents were conducting a, a, I think, an investigation and eventually kind of like a raid or a bust, if you will, on a psychiatric hospital in the San Diego area. This hospital supposedly was like wrongly building and getting a lot of money from wrongly building and maybe even misappropriation of some of the drugs that they were using and maybe selling of those things. And something was amiss there and the FBI was called in to have their investigation to find out what's going on. They had enough evidence to do this. And so, you know, upwards of like three, four dozen FBI converge on this very large place. They shut down the gates. They start going in, they start their investigation and the investigation is going for, for many, many hours that day. So by the time we get to this portion, it was probably late in the afternoon. So also know with this investigation that they were recording the phone messages, all the phone calls going in and out to this um, psychiatric hospital, they were being recorded. And so some of this part of the story comes because it was recorded and they retold the story of what happened. So again, late in the afternoon, FBI on this <clears throat> psychiatric hospital. Here's the phone call. Hello, I would like to order 19 large pizzas and 60 cans of soda. Pizza. And where would you like them delivered? Agent. We're over at the psychiatric hospital. The psychiatric hospital? That's right. I'm the FBI agent in charge. You're an FBI agent. That's correct. Just about everybody here is. And you're at the psychiatric hospital. That's correct. And make sure you don't go through the front doors. We have them locked. You'll have to go around to the back to the servant's entrance to deliver the pizzas. And you say you're all FBI agents. That's right. How soon can you have them here? And, and everyone at the psychiatric hospital near you is, a, is an FBI agent? That's right. We've been here all day long working and we're starving. How are you going to pay for this? I have my checkbook right here. And you're all FBI agents? That's right. Everyone here near me is an FBI agent. Can you remember to bring the pizzas and the sodas to the servant's entrance at the rear of this campus? We have the front doors locked. 
I don't think so. Click. Phone call over. That said, thinking about it, some things can be true and yet hard to believe. When Mary talks about what has just happened to those that she can confide in, that she can speak what's happened to, she speaks of an angel. Was it a dream? I'm going to bear a son. Can her words be trusted? Oh, Mary, what are you covering up? What have you done? He's going to be the son of the Most High. How can you be sure? He's going to be part of a kingdom that has no end, God's kingdom. What does this mean? Mary said what she experienced. That an angel named Gabriel said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary says to the angel, How can this be? For I have never known a man. How can this be? That question has been in my mind a lot this week. Maybe it's a question that rests upon many hearts. But not just at Christmas, when, when we hear the story of Mary and of Joseph and of angels and of shepherds and of a virgin birth, but at other times in the year as well. How can it be that God wants to come to this world and save it. He sees what we see. He knows what's going on. He knows everything. Why would he want to come and save? And how can it be that God can, can come to churches like this and, and, and use them? How can it be that God can come to me or to you and make a real difference in us and through us to others. How can it be? Listen to how the angel answers Mary's question. The angel says to her, God is pleased with you, and you will have a son. And the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of the Living God. And he says, for nothing is impossible for God. Could it be that the answer that the angel gave to Mary is the same answer that is given to you and to me? Could it be that God sees something in you? Maybe you don't even see it yourself. But God sees it as pleasing could it be that God can look upon you and say, I favor you? That his power can overshadow you and that his power can conceive holiness and righteousness within you and within your heart. And that it can work through you in, 
in those things that you might even say could be impossible. How can it be? That God's love and power, that they're that great, and that the story is that true. Now that said, I don't know what part of the the Christmas story that when you hear it, you might find most impressive. There are many things that we can choose from when we think about a Christmas story. But on this day, for me, one of the most impressive parts of the Christmas story takes place right at the end of this Annunciation Day, this Annunciation story. The impressive part is actually more than just being impressive. It is a great and precious treasure preserved by the church and presented to the church ever since. Luke, when he heard this treasure, when he received this thing, and he was retelling this story and writing it down to his friend, he wanted to make sure that this would be included. And what a gift it is to hear Mary's story and this treasure. Because Mary answers Gabriel's announcement about this plan and call of God for her life. With these words, she says, I am a servant of the Lord. And let it be with me according to your word. The great and precious treasure is that a a young girl, 13 to 15 years old maybe, named Mary, that she would hear the angel's message, that she would believe the angel's message, and that more than just believing, that she is fully willing to accept God's plan and purpose, no matter what the consequences. Mary lacks, as we think about this, Mary lacks all the credentials that most humans would think that would be important for anyone who's going to make such a dramatic impact upon all of human history. She lacks those things. She's, she's very young, a young girl. She has no significant life experience. She's not married. In the world's eyes, she's fairly powerless. And she, she possesses no access to or possessing of material wealth. And still, Mary gives every follower of her son to come the best, most personal, tender example of faithfulness and of trust and of obedience and of, of blessedness ever. None greater than Mary. What Mary has in her favor is something that the gospel tells us, that each of us has in our favor as well. The message to Mary is a message to the church that the presence and the power and the love and the desire of God to bless is there and it was there for Mary, and it's there for everyone who believes in the Son that she bears. The question for us then is do we have the other thing that Mary displayed? Her willingness to let herself be the servant 
of her Lord? Do we have her willingness to allow the Holy Spirit to fully come upon us and trust that, that God is indeed with us? Will we surrender to the Holy Spirit of God? Will we submit to the reign and rule of God like Mary or not? Will we have Mary, will, Mary's willingness to believe that yes, that part, those words are true? That with God, nothing is impossible, even if he has to use me. That with God, it's not impossible. Will we join Mary in celebrating a surrender and a submission to God's plan? Will we risk hoping and trying to become vulnerable to the God who created the heavens and the earth and trust in that God for our lives? Will we believe that God, this creator, can do good work in and through us, his church? As it was for Mary, so the promise and invitation, it is for us. The life of God can be conceived in us, and the Holy Spirit of God in his life can mature and grow within each of us, and we can be willing to let it be according to his word. The story of Mary, it's not a distant story about something that happened a long, long time ago. It's a story about me and you, about our letting the Holy Spirit touch us so that Christ can begin to come to life and to mature and to grow within us. The God who spoke it to Mary through the angel, that same God speaks to us today through his holy scriptures. And we have been chosen to be a part of this promise that Mary was called to be a part of. We have been called to receive the Son of God and then reveal that Son of God to the world like Mary. Now as we do that, we've got to know that the world's response it was not always enjoyable for Mary to experience the world's response to her son, Jesus. Frequently it was ugly and bitter and condemning and second-guessing and belittling and attacking. And that might be what's happening for the future as it goes forward with persecutions. We don't know. But what Mary endured with that, her response was not always enjoyable for us. It will, might not always be enjoyable either. And there will be challenging people and events in Mary's life. And there will be challenging people and events in our lives as well. There is always opposition to the holy way of God. And there might even be heartbreaking tragedy in Mary's future. And there was. And there might be heartbreaking tragedy in our lives as we strive to live in obedience to Christ. But that's what we do. Still, we can fully accept God's plan. We can fully accept God's purpose for our lives, no matter the consequences. And still, we can, we can begin every day saying what Mary said. She said, I am a servant of the Lord. Church, let's begin every day saying, I am a servant of the Lord. And with our very lives daily say, let it be with me according to your will. 
We can say that. Let it be with me according to your will. Today we remember in the life of a somewhere between a 13, 14, 15-year-old beautiful girl, we remember that it can be done because young, courageous, faithful Mary did it. Thanks be to God for the invitation and ability to be his church. God help us. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you that as your children, we can come to you in every circumstance of life, in times of planting, in times of want, in times of success, and in times of failure. We know you are God, so we come in humility, claiming no merit of our own, but wholly praying in Jesus' name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy Spirit of God, we thank you for calling us here today. We thank you for opening our eyes, ears, minds, and hearts to your plans and possibilities. If it gives you glory, inspire us to shine your holiness as we work, play, and interact with our community this week. Give us courage to surrender to you and to serve those around us. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, if it gives you glory, receive our prayers for those we know and love who are in need of your strength, comfort, and healing, especially those we name softly in our hearts now. Into your hands, O oh Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. We will trust in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. For the remembrance of me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Give us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil for the kingdom of God.